Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we're going to start right off with uh, Attorney Raymond A. Connell, who is the Honorary Jamaican Counsel for the Pacific Northwest. As everybody knows by now, uh, the distinguished Harry Belafonte passed away recently, and he is a brother of Jamaica. And we also have Lem Howell on us for this segment, too. We're going to ask Lem to talk about his favorite purchase on the Supreme Court. I guess Clarence <laughs> Thomas has, does have some company now. So, um, Raymond, why don't you start off talking, first of all, about uh, a little bit about yourself. You've been on before. Everybody know how famous attorney Raymond A. Connell is and the Connell Law Firm. So, uh, but being the, you're the honorary Jamaican counsel, and we did lose a, a dynamic civil rights leader who financed a lot of the civil rights movement down south as well as up north, and that was uh, Harry Belafonte, who also had was the first, uh, I guess, African-American to host a major network program that he sat in for a week for one of the regular hosts. And he also uh, had the, uh, he also was able to help with the civil rights movement by getting Martin Luther King, bailing Martin Luther King Jr. out of jail and financing the Southern Christian Leadership Council. So uh, why don't you go ahead and share your thoughts on that? Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Hi, Lem. Good seeing you again. Hi, Ray. Good to see you. I want to read a, a tribute that I received from a friend of mine, Leo Gillen, who is a PhD student in Florida. And Leo sent this to me and authorized me to read it. And it goes, Harry, you did your job well, RIP. Today, no one stands for anything. Every, everyone is running scared because they don't know if their colleagues, friends, and family will stand by them if they stand for a cause. This is why I love Muhammad Ali, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, the trio that changed America for me. They didn't care. They spoke their realities so that others understood them. They weathered the storm of hypocrisy, racism, and inequality. Their voices could not be hushed. They would not allow it. They made sure that their voices were heard and their presence felt. Unfortunately, there are so many people of color in positions that would make a difference, but all of them do it. All, all they do is collect their green. They stand for nothing, speak against nothing, and stand for no one but themselves. I saw and felt, I saw and felt you, and I thank you, Harry Belafonte. You, the man, rest well. You did your job. I'm enjoying the fruits. And I think that sums it up as to who Harry Belafonte was. You asked me about myself. I'm, I have a private practice and I work, my daughter, Bianca, Connell, Flint and I, we work together. We have an office in the Rainier Beach area, and we practice in the area of personal injury, real estate, probate, and trust. And it's, it's a real pleasure to have her with me. It keeps me active and I have to do a lot of things that I never thought I would be doing because she wants to learn so much. But it's a lot of fun working with my daughter. As the honorary counsel, Jamaica honorary counsel to Seattle, most of what I do is assist Jamaican nationals 
with uh, renewing their passports. I also assist other nationals, not necessarily Jamaicans, to get work permits to go back to work in Jamaica. Uh, that's that's been a that's taken quite. I've done quite a few of those recently, and what's even more significant, a lot of Americans are requesting Jamaican citizenship, either through their parents, their grandparents, and well, it goes back as far as your grandparents in terms of lineage. So there are a lot of Americans, especially in Seattle, who are requesting. Jamaican citizenship, which you can have both Jamaican and U.S. citizenship without relinquishing your U.S. citizenship. So are you saying that uh, if Donald Trump is elected president, I could become a Jamaican citizen? <laughs> you could. Okay. that's that, Y'all brothers and sisters hear that? <laughs> okay. What, do, what is that process like, uh, Attorney Tunnel? There's a form... Uh, descendancy form for citizenship and for most of the forms are on the pica p-i-c-a which is a passport information center agency and they're the primary force the primary agency that generates passports and issue the work permits uh and visa i do i also do visas a lot of countries you might not know their their citizens if they're living in Seattle have a US passport, but they're say for example, if you're from Zimbabwe or Egypt, you need a Jamaican visa to go into Jamaica. And you can't go in with your Zimbabwean or Egyptian passport. You have to request a visa. So the person would contact me from here, and then I would assist them with the visa. It takes it 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 takes a couple of days to get it through. It everything is all um, electronic, so I I send the application with the necessary documentation to Jamaica, and it's approved and sent back. It's important because you may go to a destination wedding <clears throat> excuse me in Jamaica and not realizing that you need a Jamaican visa because you're Egyptian and uh, I mean these are the requirements that the government will African American uh, passport uh, US passport work for African Americans yes okay yeah ma'am Raymond would you send me 10 of our 15 of those applications because if Bush is elected, I've got to cover my grandkids. <laughs> sure. If Bush is elected, Trump. Well, I, I mean, was say, he, I mean, he must well, know Bush, something I don't know. Bush, you know, Bush is a terrorist too. You know. All right. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> we we're talking about Harry Belafonte today, though. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, in other words, if you if you are a U.S. citizen, all you need is a U.S. passport. Yes, but you're only allowed. To stay for three months, okay, on a U.S. passport, and you can't enter the country more than three times per year. While if you have a Jamaican visa, a Jamaican passport, you can go and come as often as you want. And yeah, that's something. So anyway, 
we're we're eligible to get a Jamaican passport. I just want to hear it, but I want to turn the conversation back so everybody knows who the Council General for the Pacific Northwest. So that's Washington, Idaho, Montana, Alaska, Oregon. Is that your turf, Ray? Basically, yes, but I get calls from Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida, uh, because sometimes people will just shop the consulate market, and if I'm the first one to respond, then they, they I, I'll work with them, I'll assist them. I also get the more complicated cases out of California, so the consulates there would send them, refer people to me up here if it involves legal issues that they can't resolve themselves. Okay. Now I'd like to turn the conversation to uh, the elder civil rights, the uh, civil rights attorney emeritus, Lim Howell. Uh, I think he had uh, quite a few. As a matter of fact, I actually met Harry Belafonte the last time I saw him was at Russell Black Caucus Phoenix Awards Dinner. Uh, I didn't have my... Uh, my phone with me, I'd have a pic with him, but uh, we were in the coming out the men's room, but I did have a chance to chat with him for a while. And he is held in very high esteem by all the members of the Congressional Black Caucus, as he should be. And Lem Howell has a bit more civil rights history. And i like to have Lem comment on the impact that Harry Belafonte had on the civil rights struggle uh, in, in the United States of America. You know, a lot of people don't realize what a great man Harry Belafonte is. His was a life well lived. He was born in Harlem, spent years in Jamaica, went to Walmart's, uh High School in Jamaica. And then he came here, he came back to this country in 1940, went to George Washington High School in New York City and enlisted in the Navy during World War II. So he, he was a veteran, he served this country and he used the GI Bill to further his career and so forth. When he went to acting school, there he was there with the... Uh, 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 he Poitier. met Sidney Poitier, was a lifelong friend with Sidney Poitier. But here's the measure of the man. He turned down the role of Porgy in Porgy and Bess because he thought it was demeaning and stereotypical. But our friend Sidney Poitier took that port, that that job. And although he was a lifelong friend of his, he criticized him for having taken that role. Although uh, Sidney Poitier was pretty good in that role. But, uh, you know, what we don't appreciate is that Harry Belafonte put his money where his mouth was. He financed the SNCC movement in in the South. He bailed a lot of SNCC demonstrators and Martin Luther King Jr. out of jail. And he was a leader in civil rights. He got a lot of the movie stars to go along and coughed up bread to help get people out of jail. I wish today some of our, uh, uh, our athletes and entertainers would put some of their money with it, where their mouth should be, and that is protecting black people. Arabella Font did this all his life. He's a marvelous man. And I'm so glad that he lived because he's a credit to Jamaica and a credit to the United States for being a great civil rights leader. 
and he said that uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was soul food to his soul. And I think we should start reading some of Martin Luther King Jr.'s writings again, like Letter from Birmingham Jail and, uh, uh, be and Beyond Vietnam. I mean, that speech that he gave to Riverside Church was marvelous. I, I've just been reading it over. You know, when you get to be 86, Raymond, you forget a lot of stuff. So I'm starting to read over again. Mm. But Mr. Wright, you asked me to talk about our hero uh, on the Supreme Court. Did you not? Absolutely. Okay. Which Let me one? Tell you, the uh, Supreme Court is in a problem with ethics now. Justice Clarence Thomas failed to disclose luxury vacations on private jets, on private yachts to push locations over the years that must have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this is not from a lifetime friend. He met this dude when he was on the Supreme Court. After he was on the Supreme Court, he, he met this uh, mega donor, uh, Harlan Crow, who is a mega donor of the Republican Party. And they, he gives money to an organization that it passes through the Federalist Society. I'll talk about the Federalist Society at another time. I really want to talk about some of the problems that uh, Clarence had that he didn't disclose. This same gentleman, Crow, bought Thomas and his, and his mother owned his house where his mother lived. This guy brought out Tom, Thomas's entry, interest and bought uh, uh, property around there, and he never disclosed it. The law requires justices to disclose real estate transactions, but good old Clarence never did. But then uh, he's not the only one. Uh, Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court also sold property and didn't disclose who the buyer is. The buyer happened to be head of a law firm that does work before the Supreme Court, but he didn't disclose it. And some ethics professor from NYU or something said, well, it isn't a violation of law not to disclose uh, who bought the property. Then what the hell is the purpose of you disclosing that you bought property or you sold property? But that's another story. What we have is the Chief Justice of the United States, Roberts, when he was invited by Senator Durbin to come before the Senate Judiciary Committee, Durbin, I mean, Roberts, declined the invitation to appear before the, uh, the Supreme Court, before the Judiciary Committee. And his position is, no, we don't have we don't have a need for uh, any more ethics because we follow what the lower federal courts do. No, it's now up to each justice to determine whether he will recuse himself from a, a case. And we saw that Clarence did not. When it turned out about uh, 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 records of Trump having to do with the insurrection, the court voted eight to one that they had to, uh, to turn over the records. The dissenter was Clarence Thomas. 
and he didn't disclose or recuse himself, although his wife, Ginny, you remember Ginny? Uh, yeah. uh, we're just about out of time. Ginny was, was a, a, an adherent of phony elections and uh, sent Meadows, the chief of staff, all sorts of memos and so forth. And Clarence did not disqualify himself. And so uh, when I say disqualify, I mean recuse himself from the case and was the one justice to vote in favor of uh, Trump. It's disgraceful. We do need some ethics in the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Uh, I want to give Raymond Connell a, a last word here. We have about a minute left, uh, Attorney Raymond Connell and Honorary Counsel for Jamaica for the Pacific Northwest. You want me to comment on... <clears throat> no, no, I just no, I just want to I, you know, say goodbye or something. We only got a minute. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, w with respect to Mr. Belafonte, two songs that means a lot to every Jamaican. The... Um, the, the Jamaica Farewell and the Banana Song. Right, uh, Dale. Dale and Commissar Talaman, Talame Banana. And there's some interesting stories. Every Jamaican, when they leave the, the motherland, Jamaica Farewell comes to mind. You, you think of that. I can relate to it when I left Jamaica. The the banana song, it's it it I relate to it because of where I grew up in St. Thomas. It was a big banana country. So I I know every bit of what he was talking about in okay. that song. Okay, we got to say farewell to this segment. I want to thank Lem Howell and the Council General for uh Jamaica Raymond Connell, who has uh, the Connell Law Office in Rainier Beach. Thank you all very much. And I'll we'll be talking to you real soon because we have a lot of work to do. Uh, I want to go to my next guest, who is Maya Manos, the Chief Thank Impact you. Officer with the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. As you know, the Urban League publishes, and we're going to have Mark Moriel on next week, uh, uh, the, uh, the President and CEO of the National Urban League, and they author a State of Black America report every year. And I'd like to have Maya com comment on, uh, first of all, what does the Chief Impact Officer at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle do? Number one, and then I'd like to also have you comment on uh, what you guys are doing to address some of the issues raised in the, the State of Black America report. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, hi, um, I'm Maya, um, as stated, uh, the Chief Impact Officer at the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. Um, and sort of my elevator pitch or what um, I sort of say in a sentence or two, what the chief impact officer is or what it does is uh, monitor and expand our external and internal impact um, within the greater King County um, area for um, for black folks. Um, and with that, whether it is a um, funder or um, a donor or participant in our programs, when they walk through the doors um, at any of our offices, they can feel our impact um, and see that we're ready to serve. Um, and so with that, <clears throat> um, really looking at the different ways in which we could provide the um, essential services and programming necessary in response to the state of Black America, 
um, provided by the National Urban League, um, which is really um, calling out the um, dire need um, for a response towards the um, rampant hatred and violence that is occurring at all um, levels of and, and every system at this point. Um, and so with that, we are really working towards creating programming and services to um, counteract that hatred and, and violence by thinking of ways in which our Black folks in King County um, can thrive and experience joy. Um, and so with that, we are looking at how um, we could think of ways in which we can do systematic changes. Um, we are always going to be um, a space where if folks need refuge, if folks need assistance in finding a home or finding a job or finding education, that they can always call the Urban League and always come to us and be able to assist them with what they need. But really being intentional in terms of addressing the systemic and historical and current racism that is ramped, rampant in our systems, whether it's health, education, employment, or economics. So really looking at our programming from that perspective and um, sort of, you know, assisting the, uh, the individuals, but then also um, um, changing the systems at the same time. And uh, where, I know you asked, what, where can people access information on the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle and some of the programs and services that you offer? Yes. Um, so they can always go on our website. Um, you can locate it um, by um, um, searching um, or typing in urbanleague.org. Um, you can always look up Urban League Seattle or Seattle Urban League, um, anything along those lines. You can always be able to locate us. Um, we are on all of the social medias. Um, you can usually find us by um, typing in C Urban League. So S-E-A, Urban League, and being able to find us on Twitter, Instagram, the, the whole nine. Um, and then we're located in the Central District, as well as we have a resource center off of Rainier um, that they can always stop by and um, or give us a call at 206-461-3792, and we'll be, we'll be happy to help them. And what is your contact information so in the event that people... I want to get some of the assistance you just articulated so well. Mm, yeah, so um, uh, I lead a team of folks that do a lot of really great work that would probably be um, a little bit more um, in the weeds of the system changes that we're doing, um, specifically around public health as well as policy advocacy. So I would just shout out um, folks to go to the advocacy and community engagement tab or the advocacy tab to find out more information about our legislative framework. What are we supporting in terms of the systematic changes, um, as well as um, Jude Ahmed's um, contact information is on there that they can reach out to and find out more information. Um, we're always thinking about doing different programming and services. Um, so she would be the, the best point of contact for that. Um, but the, folks can always um, call the front line or come by um, and ask for Maya, and I'm ha happy to help um, wherever it's needed. Now, are you located on 14th and Yester in that building, or are you on the Resource Center? 
I'm a, I'm on um I'm in the 14th and Yesler um building. So I'm on the corner of 14th and Yesler. Um, buzz the Urban League button, and I'm just let the receptionist know that you're here to speak with me. And if if I'm here um, or um, available, happy to um, step out in the lobby and be able to meet with you and decide what's needed to to improve within the organization or within King County or in Washington State. Yeah, and Craig Dawson and Lockbox are locked up the parking lot, so you have to find some parking now. I got to talk to him and see if I can get a special pass. <laughs> I'll try to see what we can do. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I was just saying. I, I noticed the last couple of times I come mm -hmm. by and see Mansoor and the, the, the Linda Taylor, who runs the best mm -hmm. housing program probably in the country. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Tacoma, y'all are good too, but I just have to, <laughs> I know I know that Linda's doing an outstanding mm -hmm. job. As a matter of fact, I think all of you are. So anyway, hopefully we'll have uh, the CEO and President uh, Michelle Merriweather on next week. Uh, I talked to. Uh, uh, Mark Moriel's chief of staff, and uh, they said they committed to have uh, have him on next week. So, uh, my, I really do appreciate what you're doing, and uh, you. you got something burning, and just want to get the word out. Uh, Michelle and Linda's guys know uh, Urban Forum Northwest is a good way to put it out because two hours after this live program, I think Eric isn't listening in. Uh, this program will be available on Alexa and on my podcast twenty four seven. So, if people want the information, they can always go and hear your interview. You're also welcome to put it on your Facebook page or your social media if you so desire. So thank you very much, Ms. Maya. We appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me and have a great rest of your day. All right. <laughs> right bye. Saturday is going to be one of the biggest, busiest days of the year. Uh, we got things happening. First of all, I got to a shout out uh, to a real good friend who passed away, Reverend Matthew J. Thornton. He was uh, the senior pastor of New Direction Missionary Baptist Church. Married to Nell Golady, who is Nell Thornton, uh, one of the one of the top gospel singers around. But this service is going to be this memorial service at seven o'clock at New Directions, and then uh, a funeral uh, service will be at Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church uh, on uh, Saturday at ten o'clock a.m. And then also, uh, good friend Norma McKinney will be uh, have a memorial service at First AME, and that will be on. Uh, Friday uh, at 11 o'clock at First AME. But on Saturday, uh, Kimmy Jen is executive director of the Vibrant Schools of Puget Sound, and they have a, invite you to Surge 2023. It's going to be Saturday, as I said, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. at the La Quinta Inn and Suites in uh, Tacoma. Uh, Monica T.L. Lewis is the director of the Seattle King County NAACP Afrocultural Technological Scientific Olympics, AXO. Uh, they're having a fundraiser on Saturday morning from 8 to 10 at the Renton Applebee's right off of uh, South Grady Street. And then uh, Kathy and Larry Wilmore, the founders of Father and Sons Together, FAST, are hosting their annual barbershop cut, chat, chew, and play on Saturday uh, from 12 to 4 at the Rainier Beach Community Center. Free haircuts and free food. And then I also want to thank uh, the SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, they own the Africa Lounge at Concourse A uh, out of SeaTac. They are rated... Uh, the African Lounge is rated as a top, uh, the number seven restaurant in all of the airport restaurants in the country. And then I want to give a shout out to Men Rice, Lawrence Coleman, and Joseph Regan at the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office. Uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing Construction Services Office with uh, Carmen Kusinski, Mark Nakawara, uh, and uh, Carol Wong. And then uh, Sound Trans's Office of Civil Rights, uh, Equity, and Inclusion. And they have a new chief there. And her name is Maria 
I got to get her last name down. I am still uh, fighting with it, but I'm going to have her on the air real soon. So uh, just want to make sure that you know who is supporting the program. And then uh, we're going to take a break and come back with my good friend, Winona Hollins-Hague, who is uh, doing some outstanding work in the community and has been for years. So, Eric, let's take that break and come back. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, visit us at soundtransit.org. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie, ride back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest, who is Winona Haig, who is uh, uh, one of the founders of Grandmothers Against Gun Violence, and they have been active in Olympia. So she's involved with so many different organizations, so she brings a lot of people to the table behind the issues that we need to be fighting for. But uh, let's deal first with Grandmothers Against Gun Violence. We know Governor Jay Inslee recently signed legislation that you've been insisting on having signed for a number of years. Uh, so why don't you tell us about what's involved in telling the, uh, first of all, let's tell a little, a little about, about yourself. And you can't have time to go into all the things you're involved with, though. Because I think <laughs> you got about 50 different committees you're involved with. But anyway, talk, tell us a little bit about yourself and what motivated you to get involved with uh, Grandmothers Against Gun Violence. Yes, um, thank you so much for, for having me today. And basically, my first impetus for getting involved with Grandmothers Against Gun Violence was the fact that they were meeting in Mount Zion Baptist Church downstairs. And it was one of our uh, pastors that called my attention to it. And he said, you know, um, there's a group that's meeting down there and I never see any black women down there. And so I went down there just to find out what it was actually. And then once I got there, I kind of got caught up in the um, mission and and then it became personal in as much as my son's nephew, who is also the nephew, uh, well, which is, who is also the son of Lamont Lancaster and who is the brother of Earl Lancaster and my daughter-in-law, Tara uh, Lancaster Fields. And as a result of that, losing uh, Lamont's son to gun violence, it, it started being personal. So um, as a result of that, uh, I looked up the group and um, began to get more information on them. And they were founded 10 years ago. I, I got involved with them nine years ago, and I'm the founder of their diversity and partnership uh, efforts here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. 
So just to tell you a little bit about Grandmothers Against Gun Violence really quick, they got founded as a result of Sandy Hook. Uh, they said a few grandmothers, six or seven of them said, we've got to do something. We've got to take some kind of a stand. So they started showing up and speaking up on behalf of issues that uh, help to reduce gun violence here in the area. Uh, we came on and we added a diversity uh, link to that. And we have several grandmothers, Faye Brooks, uh, Constance Rice, uh, uh, Francis Carr, uh, Lou Rochelle, just to name a few. There's a lot of us that are now very involved in this effort. And we actually have been working closely with the governor's office, the Alliance Mothers uh, Demand Action. And um, it all started also with our connection with Mother Harriet Walden, who was working with police against, um, against police harassment years before this group got started. But so, it's for police accountability now, yeah. Yeah, so now it's police accountability. So um, we actually are all working for the same common goal. And as a result of that, I brought some statistics that show us why we need to be concerned because homicides are about one third of all gun-related deaths in the U.S. And 70% of those are African-American males in Washington state, okay? And 73% of all gun-related deaths are African-American males and females. So it gets personal. It's about us. Now, we aren't the ones normally that get the um, what we call militarized uh, rifles and go out and shoot up quantities of people. But that doesn't make us any, that does not excuse us from having high numbers of casualties because of gun, reckless use of guns. So yesterday, it wasn't yesterday, Tuesday was it? I was down in Olympia and fortunately our governor, Jay Inslee, along with the legislators that have been pushing these uh, laws and legislations for many years. I mean, be exact, we started in 2006 when Ruth Kage brought the first effort to ban assault weapons in Washington state and it failed miserably. And the, and the legislators said, we're never gonna pass any gun restricted laws here in Washington state. We've got too much of a gun lobby over on the east side. We got this, all the excuses. Well, as a result of this, we now have <laughs> a law here in the Washington state. And we have to thank not only our governor for signing it into law, but we have to thank the vigilance of our attorney general, Bob Ferguson, because he stood by us lockstep the whole way. And he kept continuing to stand up against the lobby, the NRA, the National Rifle Association. They have a huge lobby and lots of money and lots of people that don't wanna see this law passed. As a matter of fact, they've already filed a suit to try to stop the law from going into effect. So that's already been done. And of course, you and I, Eddie, know that anytime you get something here in the state of Washington, like we recently did with uh, moving towards uh, equity and, and getting the affirmative action back, well, somebody's gonna be filing a suit against you because that's just how they do it. Matter of fact, right now before the Supreme Court, there is the issue of affirmative action. So I don't wanna get off on too many other things, but I do wanna to say today that we have seen in this community too many losses you know, too many losses. And and even the post the postman and his loss, he was also connected like a nephew to my son, God nephew to my son. There's just too much going on now and we have to take a stand. And I'm so glad you have us on here today 
or me on here today to talk about ways people can join Grandmothers Against Gun Violence. I have the website for that. It's www.grandmothersagainstgunviolence.org. And people can come on, it's $50 a year or for whatever. You don't have to have money to get in to this action, but we need more people of color and we need more vigilance um, for those. And when we say grandmothers, the grandfathers, the men are invited to support us in any way that they can, because this is a universal problem that we have in our communities. And I'm sure nobody thinks that it's not a problem. Well, I'll tell you one thing, uh, the Tennessee Three really have amplified uh, the issue and uh, the urgency of taking action. And uh, it's, you know, it, it's so good to see uh, young brothers 27 years old and the, the, the valiant uh, white lady who was a state representative as well, who did not get expelled, but stood for a, a purpose. And uh, it's just, it's good to see that because by them being that as young as they are, 27 years old, they're going to get the attention of a lot of younger people. And hopefully a, a lot of young people who are like in high school and stuff and junior high school will aspire to emulate them, you know, as a successful uh, uh, elected official that stood yes. for something that yes. it shook up, that went around the world. It really did. It did. And, uh, and, so, and the person uh, that ended up bringing it, started the whole thing, had to resign. Uh, the one that started this whole thing against those legislators had to end up resigning for some other offense that he had. But, you know, it just goes to show you that, and I'm Christians and you are too, you know, for me, it just shows that, you know, there is a higher power that's overseeing some of this madness that we're dealing with. And I think the, to start with those legislators and getting more of our young people out and working towards the poll, working at the polls, working with Washington Equity Now Alliance, we actually had the key legislators on uh, that next morning. We had uh, at 7.30 that morning, former Representative Jesse Weinberry, Attorney Jesse Weinberry, invited some of the legislators that were involved in the Tennessee um, problem. And we had them on live in Zoom with us the day after. So that's how powerful media can be. We can get people in and talk about things and take action. So that's that's the thing. And I want to say one more thing about Harry Belafonte. I heard earlier that you had Attorney Raymond, uh, Raymond on and Attorney Limhow. I have to say something because we met him. He was at Meany Theater, Meany Hall here about six years ago. They brought, UW brought him in. And I got a chance to sign, have him sign my book, take pictures with him and meet him. But I tell you, I have never, never known an actor that was as big of an activist. I think Sydney, he and Sydney Portier are all in the same ilk, but he was just a man who stood for something. And I appreciated what Raymond uh, read because too few of our people now are willing to get in the fight. I'm in a situation right now with some medical students at the UW. Somebody needs to get in the fight and stand up and say, these people deserve a right to do whatever it is that they need to get done. So I'm just saying, we have to stand up and we have to model this. And I think you are a good example of someone that models what, what needs to be done and taking action. And thank you for having me today on this program. Well, I, I want you to, you know, you're involved in quite a few things and we got about three minutes left and I know you you got three okay. minutes worth of organizations <laughs> you belong to. And uh, give us the information again on how people can support 
and get involved with grandmothers for uh, against gun against violence. Against gun violence, yes. You can go to the website and it's grandmothersagainstgunviolence.org and you can come and join us. We have show ups, which means we show up in force. Uh, we actually speak up, we're in Olympia. We go down there and have a lobbying uh, time with the legislators long before they get ready to sit in their seats and make decisions. You know, you have to kind of get to them in the summer when they're in the neighborhood. And then you plot, you know, you know and then you strategize to make sure that your issues come before them early, early, not late. And then the other thing I want to shout out is King County Equity Now, because um, my cousin, Jim Buchanan, was the one that told me that uh, to bring what bills we had to, to King County Equity Now's attention. And we did, and they blasted 70,000 people in the community. So about this banning assault weapons and also making sure that people don't just get to walk in without having a background check uh, and see if they have uh, are capable of owning or keeping a weapon. Many people have domestic violence things against them and they can walk into the local store and pick up a gun. That is not right. It's and, not fair. It's not. There's so many guns on the street. They don't have to go to the store. No, they and don't. The sad, sad thing about it is some police departments, not around here, were doing a gun buyback program and then selling the guns back to gun gun sellers. So that's kind of uh, ridiculous. But Malone, ridiculous. I, I, I okay, want to just I, thank you for all thank the you, stuff. But you. Let me just mention. Yeah, let me just mention NCNW because we are closely partnered with the National Council of Negro Women. In this fight with grandmothers, they're part, our locked-in partner. We're also closely working with uh, Lanaya Grayson, and she does some work around parents that have lost their loved ones. And we're also with uh, Community Passageways and uh, Choose 180. So we, I have brought in the diversity of the partnership to Grandmothers Against Gun Violence. Thank you. Winona, hey, thank you so much for all that you do. We really appreciate you. So, Eric, we're going to take this last break and come back after that. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. All right, anybody back at Urban Forum Northwest, uh, I want to thank uh, 
Attorney Raymond Connell, uh, the Council uh, Honorary Council for Jamaica for the Pacific Northwest, uh, uh, Civil Rights uh, Attorney uh, Emeritus Lim Howell-Ron, and also uh, Maya Manus, the Chief Impact Officer with the Urban League Metropolitan Seattle, and my good friend Winona Haig, who is involved in everything, primarily in on this program, uh, talking about grandmothers against gun, gun violence. So I want to go to uh, uh, Barney Hilliard first. Uh, he and uh, Butch Harrison were organizing a tribute, a benefit, to honor this, to provide uh, informa- uh, in- finances and other support for students in need at Leshy Elementary School. And uh, so I want to start with Bar- uh, Barney. Uh, Barney, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about how you guys came up with this idea and what's going to be happening on Saturday from one to three? Well, the main reason uh, we came up with the idea was uh, to find a way to to uh, give back to the community, uh, sort of a community per- community service idea. And that was several years ago. And we had a few concerts uh, until the COVID and COVID canceled everything for the last three years, uh, 2020, 21, and 2022. So this year is a special year was because it's our first chance to get back with our uh, community service project at uh, Leshi with the with a, uh, fundraising concert uh, in the last three years. So uh, that's why this one is special. Yeah, it's always special to start seeing people you haven't seen in a long time because that COVID really did a, a number on us in terms of personal interaction. That's right. And, uh, Barney, what kind of, uh, what kind of, what do you have uh, for uh, for entertainment? Well, the main reason that we, we feel so good about it is uh for the last few years, we've been in touch with uh, Butch Harrison, and he's been our lead uh, band leader on this. And um, he has an outstanding band playing jazz, blues, and rhythm and blues. And and he has a couple of singers coming in this year and um, also a vibes player coming in. So we're going to have an outstanding show uh, uh, presented by uh, Butch Harrison on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Well, you just, I'll let you segment it, Butch, right on in. But Butch Harrison, thank you very much for all you do for the community, brother. Outstanding musician. We really appreciate uh, your uh, support for the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee on the activities that we have. So why don't you share with our listeners a little about what they can expect on Saturday from 1 to 3 at Leshine. Uh We're basically um, supporting what Barney's trying to do here because um, uh, the, the music is essential you know, in uh in the development of these uh youngsters and uh also we just kinda like to give them the you know what they can have a potential to do, you know, with the music. Um through uh through the performance and that and that as such. So, you know, we we really um feel good about, you know, doing it. And it's also fun. And uh Brian our um our vibes player is actually a a uh a music teacher down in Seattle Central and uh and so he feels really uh, uh, dedicated to doing this too, you know, to support any kind of uh, any kind of support that the music education system needs, you know, because it is a uh, it is a necessary part of developing. So you know that's where we're at with that. So who all do you have uh, playing on uh, on Saturday afternoon? Okay, on bass I got uh, James Clark. Uh, he's, he's been working with me for the last. Six, six or seven years or so, and then Michael Eads on guitar, who's worked with me for the last 20 years or so. And uh, Steve Banks is on drums, and we've been working on it all for almost 30, 30 or 40 years or so. And then, of course, Brian Kirk is a vibist, 
And uh, he's also a very, very good drummer. And he's very busy around town, you know, drumming and, you know, doing the things he does. But he's also the, a professor down in Seattle Central, too. So he's uh, very supportive of kind of music, musical aspects. And uh, he's on the vibes this time. He's also a very good vibist, too, as you'll see. Yeah, so that's that's the band. And then, of course, myself. And that's the five pieces there. And you have a couple of singers that are coming in also. Uh, I think it's uh, Pat Johnson and Arlene. And, uh, you know, very talented ladies, so they'll be very entertaining also. And where, where, is, where are you playing uh, around town locally? Well, uh, right now I'm doing a lot of work in Tacoma. Giuseppe's there every other Wednesday. doing a solo thing there. And uh, from time to time, I'm in and out of Giuseppe's. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay busy as I, as I can and here and there. Okay. And, and so, uh, Barney, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of history about how this all came together? Well, the way it came together is uh, a few friends at a Garfield High School uh, Golden Grads luncheon started talking about a community service idea oh, back about 2015, 2016. And out of that conversation came a suggestion that we do something uh, to give back to the, the Seattle School District. And then one of the members who uh, we were talking to said, well, if we're going to do something at, a school, at the school district, we should concentrate on the, uh, an elementary school of need. So I contacted a, a friend who's um, a graduate of, uh, of Garfield who had been working as a principal uh, and, uh, in, uh, at, in the school district and asked her, uh, who could I talk to down at the Seattle school district to find out the, the uh, school that was most in need uh, for uh, for our services for the community service project, and well, the reason they came up with Leshai was uh, nearly fifty percent of all the students come from low income families. Over thirteen percent are all students who are identified as homeless, and over thirteen percent are students who receive uh, special education services, and over twelve percent of all the students receive multilingual services. So that's how they determine that Leshai was the school with the most need. So we've been doing volunteering there uh, and supporting the, uh, the homeless students and low-income families uh, since 2016. And, and that's quite, that's quite a, a job there. In terms of people, now you say, I, I heard something about uh, contributions are needed and they're tax deductible. So Barney, if people can't make the concert, they want us to do some uh, good deed and support uh, students and families in need, how can they make a, a tax deductible contribution to the efforts that you and Butcher engaged in? Well, the way to do it is to just uh, write a check uh, and uh, mail it to either drop it by the school or mail it to Leshi Elementary at 135 32nd Avenue, Seattle 98122. And uh, on, the, on the memo line, put uh, uh, concert donation. But make it payable to the Leshi PTA, which is the uh, tax deductible uh, nonprofit organization. Make it well, payable to the Leshi PTA. I think it would be great since the, the idea emanated from the Golden Grads to have the Golden Grads make a contribution to that effort. Absolutely. That's right. So everybody that wants to help somebody, you've heard what you can do. You can send that check down to the Leshi PTA, uh, and uh, it's a tax-deductible contribution. So I want to, before we run out of time, I want to go back to Butch and see 
what he has coming up in, in, in the near future. Oh, that's, that's about it. Dos Epics next Wednesday. I'll be there on the solo. And uh, then there's a, a gig down at Zesty's. Both of these places are in Tacoma. Um, of course, Dos Epics is off of Pearl, and I think Zesty's is in Lakewood. So, uh, the Lake, and uh, Zesty's gig is with the full band. Then there's a gig, another gig at Giuseppe's with the full band in June, June 10th, to be exact. And I think uh, the Zesty's date is in the end of May, the last Friday in May. Um, but I'm looking forward to this Saturday because this is always the fun thing to do um, and giving back like this, too, uh, and letting the students get a chance to shine also and, and exercise their, their chops with the music and uh, try to encourage them to keep on doing it and give them some inspiration. Because, um, like I said, once again, because the music is very, very uh, essential to uh, human development. No, I agree. And right now, you know, these school uh, districts are uh, doing their budget cuts. And uh, I guess the music programs on quite a few of these districts are on the table. So hopefully uh, we can change that around because uh, I know music kept some brothers on Garfield. <laughs> They'll probably be going another way back in the day. So uh, it's very essential. So I really yeah. want to thank I want to thank uh, you and Barney for doing this. And I'll do whatever I can to support uh, the efforts to help people that are, who are in need. So I want to thank y'all very much today. Lim Howe, Ray Connell, Winona Haig, uh, Barney Hilliard, and Butch Harrison. Thank y'all very much for today. We appreciate you. Thank oh, you, Eddie, thank for you. having us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Eddie. All right. So I've got thank a few you, announcements. I want to remind people that uh, uh, on Saturday, uh, uh, Butch just mentioned Tacoma, and Kimmy Jen is executive director of Vibrant Schools. Well, now she's president and CEO of Vibrant Schools now, Puget Sound. And they're doing a uh, surge 2023 on Saturday uh, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. to La Quinta Inn in Tacoma. Uh, Monica T.L. Lewis, the director of C.L. King County NAACP's Afro Cultural Technological Scientific Olympics, AXO. They're having a fundraiser Saturday at, uh, at May, Saturday, May 6th from 8 to 10. Not, not this Saturday, Saturday, May 6th from 8 to 10. I gave you erroneous information before. I don't want you to go on there, uh, but I'm sure that it. They can have people down there collecting money. They would be more than happy to see you. And then I also want to thank uh, Kathy and Larry Wilmore, founders of Fathers and Sons Together. Uh, this is Saturday uh, from 12 to 4. It's going to be at the Rainier Beach Community Center. Uh, it is their annual barber shop cut, chat, chew, and play on Saturday. And there will be food. And the cuts are free, so you don't have to worry about paying no money for that. And then I'll remind you also about Matthew Thornton. His information is on the front page of the facts, Reverend Matthew J. Thornton. And I also want to remind you that uh, the Norman McKinney's uh, memorial service will be Friday, uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock a.m. at First ME. And I want to thank SeaTac Bar Group LLC, uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, Sound Transit's Diversity Program. And the new chief is, her name is Maria uh, Poniset. I'm, I'm going to talk to her so I can get her name right. It's uh, P-O-T-T-E-P-O-C-T-E-T-T-P-E-R-Y. Pasta Perry. Okay, then. Thanks, Eric. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Eddie.